Welcome to Inside the Bubble, hosted by Amama Sardar. Welcome to Inside the Bubble. Today I have the amazing Jordan Ashley and Ross Parsons. Yay! (laughs) Thank you guys for being here. You guys are the best. Thanks for having us. You're the best. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thanks. This is also being done at two o'clock on a really hot day on a Tuesday. I'm in my kitchen with like no fan. It's awful, but whatever. Um, so you guys specifically are here to talk about the Jordan doc or about your life and feelings, whatever you want, or your mom and your dad. Um, but I, I had to rewatch some episodes because I'm such a crazy person and I saw it when it first came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But the one thing that stuck is uh, Michael Jordan's an Aquarius, and so am I. Oh. Oh. Really? Yeah. I did not get that vibe from him. Oh, I. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know, but he's he's so insane and such a good. Uh, okay. Do you think he's a good um, worker in the sense of like you know he's like dedicated or is he just insane he has a lot of enemies that he needed to prove wrong i mean he's a good worker but he's not a good co-worker you know what i mean no absolutely not like he's not he's not like steve jobs abusive you know but he is like you know he did inspire you know kind of kobe abusive so Maybe this has more to do with my upbringing, but I didn't find him abusive. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, that's why he was so good. It's because he was kind of a dick. <laughs> I don't know. Like, LeBron, LeBron seems like a pretty chill guy, and, you know, he still wins championships. That's true, but I think that, like, at the, maybe, like, Jordan paved the way to be a little bit more chill. He just had this work ethic. A work yeah. ethic that I'll never have. There's no way that I, like, even though I could be like, oh, I've been working so hard, there's, like, a certain work ethic. But I think it's driven by, if you, like, in the documentary, he was like, well, I wanted to prove this person wrong or this person wrong. And I've just been feeling like I don't have enough enemies in my life <laughs> to get to- you, have to. you have to be, like, psycho to, like, when it, when it comes to, like, the self-motivation, you know, he's just talking about, like, uh, he just like makes up stuff like that guy from the Washington Bullets. He's uh, Le Bradford Smith or whatever it was, whoever he was. And I don't know. You have. You, I, I. I don't think it's like. Impo- I don't think it's like possible unless you're already like wired that way to will yourself to like, you know, believe stuff like that and get pissed off about it. Yeah. Yeah. When I found out that he was just making things up to to like fuel his motivation, that part I was like, okay. It's a little bit psycho to be able to tap into that, but I mean. But then there, then there's just the stuff where like he's picking on Scott Burrell or whatever, or, or calling Jerry Krause fat. Okay, but Jerry <laughs> Krause was fat. <laughs> oh, he's fat, but he's like, he's so like I don't know. Jordan's just so mean to pe- like to his own teammates. Like it, even his own teammates are all like. Yeah, he was mean to us, but at least we got some championships out of it, you know? Which matters. It does. Friends? Like, he's still friends with so many of these people, or maybe that's just how it Okay, is. but, okay, one thing I did notice, uh, no Luke, like, talking about, like, who's friends with him or not, there isn't any Luke Longley in the documentary. 
I actually don't know who that is. He was the starting center. Bill Wennington, the backup, got more freaking yeah. time than, than him in the documentary. Well, maybe he didn't want to be part of it either. That's like the other thing where some Bro. of these guys are probably like, nope. <laughs> yeah. That's well, funny. my first question was, um, he's a beast. He's, he's amazing. I feel like there was a part of him that never felt good enough. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys, is there a part in your creative work where you don't feel good enough and how do you handle that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. a constant theme. <laughs> never, never happy. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, in comedy, it's like shit. You know, with as much you're like getting stuff, like you know, TV or whatever. It's like you never feel like you're doing enough. And I don't know. I I haven't like made an enemy to like will myself <laughs> into a to a Conan spot or whatever. And, I guess the other, like, I also, like, do websites and, like, I don't know, like, sometimes I hit a dead end and, you know, that one I just, you know, sort of walk away from the problem for, for an hour or so and maybe yeah. come back to it. And, uh, Jordan, what were you, because, like, you feel like it's a constant? Yeah, I, I, I think also, like, social media makes that, I'm on Instagram constantly as a photographer, so, like, all I do is compare myself to other people and then see what they're doing and then the jobs I'm not getting and yeah I don't know but then I feel I also feel like I can't leave Instagram either no it's, it's like a, a prison of my own design but I also think it's true for like any creative person I feel like we're constantly hard on yeah I, so I feel like it's it's easier with sports because you know it's a very like binary uh, you, you know re result you get point, you win or you don't. Yeah. But like also it seemed like even within the documentary, it's not like so much you win or you don't. Like it was you win or you don't, but then like your whole summer or your whole like everything that's not when you're not playing is just so dedicated to still wanting to be better. So even if like your wins create creatively might be like that TV thing or getting yeah. a shoot that's like really dope. But then in between, we're so crazy that we're still gnawing and we're still like, well, how can I be better? And I think that's why sports and any like artistic endeavor, it is so yeah. similar because people are so insane. Like, there's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many moments where even when Jordan was like, I'm going to go play baseball, like, think about comedians who are like, I'm going to go into, I don't know, like, something that might be on the side, like music or something that's like kind of like creative, like, like linked, but no, we're all insane. Yeah. We're all in the same same boat of insanity. Yeah, it's very true. I don't know. I think some of my favorite parts, though, because I watched it. I watched a few episodes again. Um, my favorite thing was that Reggie Miller was one of the handful of people who stood up to Jordan, who yeah. wasn't scared yet. <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to so Matt Backus and Tim had told me stories about Reggie Miller's wife and how she would um, like attack people she burned down his house so oh. like, yeah is that like public knowledge i've never heard of that yep i think it's like a, a pacer's knowledge like if you lived in indiana you were like oh yeah reggie miller's wife burned down his house because he was cheating on her okay oh well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watching the doc i was like and i guess i get it uh why she wasn't involved but like, there was no mention of his wife at the time, and all I could think about is, like, how, like, 
she was so focused on basketball. Like, there's no way you can be a good husband if you're my. Yeah. Husband. Oh no. They like like there's like that brief part in like the last or second to last episode where there's like the kids and you briefly see his wife. No, it's. Yeah. I, I, I really did it like there was a, you know, you could tell how tightly Jordan controlled that documentary and it kind of. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I felt like and I felt the whole thing was a little bit overrated because like it, it, the perspective is so, so skewed. Like, uh, you know, he doesn't talk about his family at all or the effect on his children because that would actually he'd start asking like, well, is he a bad father? Is he a bad man? You know, they don't, when, when stuff comes up like his gambling, they t like you have like eight people come in the talking head interview and tell him like, no, he wasn't banned for gambling. It's yeah. yeah, obviously if I had a documentary about myself, I'm not gonna let the worst things be in it. I'm gonna be like, nope, yeah. I did not throw a stapler at him. <laughs> like, you know, like you're gonna like nix all the bad stuff. I do think uh, that like, yeah. you might, I think like think about your own relationships though. I don't think I've been the best girlfriend when I've been in like the throes of comedy because like I like would skip out on like important things to be like I have a basement show. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying like I'm some perfect person in my life would hold up to scrutiny under a documentary, but you know, if I produced my own documentary you know, I couldn't, I couldn't argue like this is, you know, this isn't like propaganda, like pro Ross propaganda. Yeah. Like, Jordan, propaganda. like, do you feel like you've been like in your relationships when you're doing, and maybe you seem like a really great person who can handle and balance things. I know for, I really can't though. Like I have such a problem with it. So I don't know if you've like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> Like our relationship just ended basically for that reason, because before COVID, I was just like constantly going, like I was working six nights a week and then like during the day and just, I had no energy left and I didn't put any effort in. So like, I, I get it. I don't know how people do both unless yeah. they're really rich, maybe. <laughs> do, but do you think that it might be easier for both of you if you were with, I don't know actually, Jordan, if you were with someone who was in the same field. No. Do you think it would be easier? Maybe. Maybe because you would have different, similar schedules and then, like, could understand each other's workflow. Because, like, he had a nine-to-five. Mine was very not <laughs> nine-to-five. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to, I don't know, find yeah. out. It's, like, I have dated a few comedians. I mean, I guess, yeah, not, like, only a couple, I don't I mean, they're all good people, but I don't think they that it went exceptionally well. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I could I could date a comedian again if they were like as like if if they were like funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> if they were, uh, or they weren't. If they were, although, okay. yeah, I I don't know. It's I mean, like. There's like I think I think I don't I don't know if it's a unique thing to comedy, but like you see so like there are some like great comedy relationships that you know really succeed, but there's also a lot that you know crash and burn and is super awkward afterwards. Yeah. Like, would you have any of your comedian exes on your documentary? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. <there you> go. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I mean, that would, that like, that would, like, be, that would be, like, and that's, like, you know, if you, like, touch, like, I think I was watching, like, the Robin Williams documentary, you know, they interview his exes, granted, he didn't really have a say in it, but, I mean, you get a fuller picture of, of the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, though, like, I, like, obviously, like, with Jordan, like, he had to sacrifice a lot, um, his kids cannot live, like, I can't imagine if I loved basketball, my dad was Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'd be like, I can't play like ever. <laughs> There's no well, way. Well, I mean, one, one of them did try, right? Was he did. Yeah. And, like he played college, right? Yep. There was a game that he played like, I think against our college, like a while back. And then we were just like, oh my God, like that's so cool. But it's, it's not gonna, yeah. Yeah. Motorcycle going by. This has been a real big summer for uh, dirt bikes in, in my <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. It's fine. Um, I know I was going to talk to you guys about sacrifice um, because like, I feel like the whole theme of that documentary in so many ways is also like sacrifice like for family even like what like his parents had done for him and some of these other players like I feel like Dennis Rodman like sacrifices mental health in a lot of ways and was like thrown into the spotlight and not that he didn't want to be in it but I feel like he was so misunderstood so there's so many things that you sacrifice when you're going into a certain field and it's not always like arts and entertainment but is there something that um, you wouldn't be willing to sacrifice even if that meant like your dream gig like if it was like you couldn't see anyone in your family anymore or for an like, extended period of time, or are you cool with it? <laughs> You're like, no, this is great. Well, I mean, I could like give up seeing like uh, people. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could give up seeing people for an amount of time. You know, you look at all these NBA players in the bubble who had to give up seeing their family, although I guess some of them are allowed in now. I mean, look, giving up, giving up seeing my family, you know, or cer certain friends forever. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I could go long periods of time. Like, I'm already at this point being quarantined here in New York with my family in Texas. Like, I don't know when I'm gonna see them again. And I don't feel. I mean, I miss them, but I don't feel like super. Like, I could do that. I mean, I can go years without seeing my family. Like, I, I feel like before, before quarantine, it's been like, you know, a year or two years between visits sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on a different story. But, like, in terms of sacrifice, I don't know. I feel like I'm, that's something that I'm still figuring out, like, what my boundaries are and what I will accept and what I won't. Like, when that comes to just, you know, all the different aspects of, like, a shoot, for example, like, who I work with or what the pay is and I don't know stuff like that no I think that's I think that's like part of it it's also really important like there's so many ways that as you like start to like even get like better and like higher up and like whatever your your field is there's so many things that you would have to sacrifice even if it's like like certain things that you might have to like write or um yeah like I've I've experienced that I think for me it's a big thing around relationships because I'm like I will still sacrifice more than the men I've been with, which yeah. like when I watch, especially when I watch basketball, um, it's the only sport I really like, but I've noticed that like these guys like will like 
even like the bubble, like being away from their family and then like the wife has to take care of like the kids. Like your job is like second, just your job is to take care of the guy that you're with, like the player that you're with. Yeah, yeah I mean, that is, that is like like that supportive role is like kind of a fascinating place. Like you are, you know, sacrificing, you know, your own personal ambition, like you're comfortable, of course, but uh, you know, you, you definitely, there's definitely some amount that you give up. Yeah, I don't know if I would be happy being comfortable but not creating. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd have a hard time time with that too. You know. Yeah, especially because like I did date a comedian, and like I would sometimes be like, "Oh no!" Like I there was like a mic, but I don't have to do it. Like we could just hang out. And this is like when I first started comedy, and then he'd be like, "No, I have to do like four or five. And I was like, "That's stupid." <laughs> like, like I, we would see each other not often, even though we were in the same like circle. Yeah. And I think like then that probably was because he didn't like me that much. <laughs> so, but. Oh, you know, it's when you, even when you're in a relationship with a non-comedian, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get mics in. It, you, you also you're also trying to maintain a relationship. It's a bit hard because you're like. You know, sorry, babe. You know, I got this real, this real good incest chunk that I just need to chisel away at a little bit more. And I swear to God, it'll be part of my five minutes someday. Like I'd love <laughs> to, you know, I'd love to be in your company and you know, and you know, create these 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 memories of just lying in each other's arms. But uh, I gotta go, like, say some things in a microphone in front of a group a group of disinterested people. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's, yep, yeah, that's, uh, I feel like now I do that more, but I need to stop. I actually, like, I, like, want to, like, be a little bit better with life and all of that. Um, yeah. But speaking of relationships, I think that um, I, I'm the only one so far, and I've asked people this before, I don't like Scotty Pippen. <laughs> I thought he came across kind of a, like, a baby in some parts of the doc, right? I mean... Yeah, a little bit. He did. He did come off. I don't. I don't think he came off that poorly. And generally, I wish I'd saw seen more of him in the documentary. It's 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 always so Jordan, Jordan, Jordan with this. Well, that well, it is his documentary. <laughs> it is a documentary, but like half the documentary is just like Jordan being like, oh, I was doing pretty great, and some people hated me for being great, so I decided to be more great to show them how great I was. Yeah. <laughs> And like all these, all these people, like Dennis, you know, Kerr, and and, you know, and, and Scotty, you know, had had these like really fascinating lives. I would have liked to hear more about, but well, they can have their own documentary. <laughs> Not enough Rodman. I will say there, that. I agree with that documentary. I love him and I'm fascinated by maybe not him now, but I'm fascinated by him. I would love. To. I mean, they didn't spend enough time on the part where he just, where he just did he just leaves uh, the NBA Finals to go be on a wrestling show. Yes. Yeah. Like that's un that's unfrickin' heard of then. It would never happen now. Yeah, I mean, he's fascinating. Why hasn't yeah. he a doc made? Maybe he doesn't want. Wait, I would love. I would love a Dennis Rodman one. Also, like I feel like they was they were really supportive as teammates. Um, yeah. Because he had a lot of stuff going on, and they tried to not be like, they're just like, all right, that's just Rodman. Like, that's what he's doing. But I feel like they still were like, always welcomed him. I loved the Carmen Electra cameos and the Madonna cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, didn't know he dated Madonna. I think I knew that. I, I, knew. I think she dated Scottie Pippen, too. Hell yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing. Is they'll have, they'll, they, they won't Sorry, have Jordan's me... wife, but they will bring in Dennis's ex-girlfriends. Of course. That's uh, fascinating. Yeah. Jordan, it, what did it, you say? You, you cut off. Oh, my God. Uh, now I forget. All was, good. Yeah. But going back, going back to Scotty, I do feel, I, I do feel some amount of empathy for him for like getting locked into that contract and basically being underpaid for the prime of his career, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. I think I have my own qualms. It's, I feel like I, the one thing I really do love is like that, the aspect of team, even when Scotty Pippen kind of gave up mid game. That's where, yeah, I think Jordan, that that's where my that, that hatred comes moment. from. Yeah, because I was kind of like, you gave up mid, what, were, what are you going to say? That was one time and you apologized. He's human. Okay, fine. I mean, Jordan, I mean. He has food poisoning or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah that's I insane. bullshit on that. Yeah, everyone says that. Do you guys don't think it was pizza? Like bad pizza? I don't know. He could have just been hung over. I don't know. Like, this whole food poisoning thing just sounds really convenient. I also, as someone who um, was, like, dying and my stomach was hurting, like, for a few days, I couldn't play, a ch- like, an NBA game. <laughs> like, I would have to go to, like, I thought he just had, like, a regular cold or flu, or maybe he was hung over, but food poisoning is, oof. I, I just, I, it just felt like, like there was it, like we, they had like five talking heads, like confirm this for him, you know, the food poisoning bit, and it sounded too much like the party line, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I guess I just was like, it's the way he approaches the game and is so like laser focused on winning that to get to the point where you're that hungover, just I don't know why. I don't know much about Jordan. I mean, he did. He did go out gamble. He did go out late gambling one night in the middle of a playoff series. True, but I think Jordan brings up a good point that, like, if he is that laser focused, I actually didn't think about that. If you are that laser focused, you're not going to fuck it up with because yeah. it seems like it was like a one or it is a one time thing. It was like a really like his like the only time it's like oh my god he was so sick, but. Um, maybe, but I do gambling aside. Everyone gambles. I gamble. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really care. I don't really care about that. But you know, he's all high and mighty about everybody else's conduct. Yeah, but then when you're Michael Jordan, you can be high and mighty about, yeah. <laughs> about yours. Um, I wanted to talk about his dad because I thought that I know that that's like Jordan's making a sad face because I realize that people actually can't see. <laughs> what's happening on audio i literally cried um the game that he won when he sat on father's day like when i was watching that i was like <laughs> this was like an hour ago <laughs> okay there, there was a funny there is a funny bit about that when like gary payton right before that is talking about like Oh yeah, I really, I really put the clamps on Jordan those two games. If they had just let me guard him for the games before that, we might have had a shot. And then Jordan's like, "No, no, yeah, <laughs> it was my dead dad. My dead dad played better defense than you." <laughs> <laughs> what was also really cute was like he had that really close relationship with the security guard too. Yeah, that oh, that like when he was just like he gave him the game ball. That all that made me cry a lot. There was something about that that I was like. I thought about my dad. I was like, Papa, this is... Oh, that was a neat story. uh, Yeah. I think the most fascinating thing was that um, Steve Kerr's dad was assassinated, which... Yeah. 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 
no what idea. They even, what they didn't even cover is when uh, when uh, he was playing college basketball. After that, some of like one of the opposing team like team's fans chanted PLO, and your dad's history at him like not oh, long at like PLO. Fans. Yeah, because the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which who wasn't responsible, but you know, yeah, uh, the fans are gross because people are doing. Yeah, fans are why I don't think I've ever come around to sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you're bringing to this podcast is kindness <laughs> and uh, like perspectives. Um, no, but Steve Kerr and Jordan, they said they never talked about. Um, their dads, which, like, they were, te- yeah, yeah, it's, it's so strange. Well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because you know Jordan's not like that. Discusses feel like his, you know, his emotions kind of guy. Yeah. Okay, but if it's, it's like your dad got murdered, my dad got murdered. We're gonna talk about it. Like, oh, I would, yeah. Never, yeah. But if you want to be a winner like Jordan, you have you have to just stuff it down <laughs> and not never talk about your dead dad. It's the only way you can win ch- six championships. Well, do you guys feel like you you close off emotionally to the people around you, like whether it's creatively or because like I think even with comics, like I have like a few close friends that I love, and even with some of them, I sometimes hesitate to say things because you feel like oh I don't want to be a burden or like or that's just how I feel. Um, I think men do it. Ross, you're the guy person on this. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely. Emo- I'm I'm super emotional, distant, emotionally distant, and that's probably been the downfall of multiple relationships. Like, uh, yeah. Do you, like why do you feel like you close off, or do you close off to people around you that you're even close to? I mean, I don't know. It's like I think there's like a part of me that like sees it as like some sort of inner strength, you know. Like, uh, you know, sometimes I don't need to talk about what I'm going through or, uh, you know, I think like being calm and stoic is, is the way to go. Like, I don't get in like a lot of like shouting arguments. I just like, like my defensive mechanism there is just to like clam up more and just, you know, just talk even more softly. and. and <laughs> Jordan? I, I pushed everything down. <laughs> and then it comes up later in like weird moments. Like I'm sure when I was crying about Michael Jordan's dad, that wasn't really about, <laughs> it was probably about something that happened like 10 years. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's an emotional trigger, I get it. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I, I push everything down. I think it's like a protective thing. And also like, at least for me, like being socialized as a woman, like I, my, I'm very much of a caretaker type. Like I want to make sure everyone else feels good and like their needs are met and to my own detriment, which I'm trying to work on, but we'll see. <laughs> so like specifically, Jordan, do you think that um, even with people that you're really close to, do you sometimes like shut, like kind of shy away from expressing some of those things? Because I would assume that like, if you're teammates with someone, you had a traumatic experience separately that was similar, you would want to like maybe share it. But do you feel like you do that even with close friends? No. <laughs> no? I, which is bad. And like, yeah, and I think that's why I don't have more close friends because you need that like vulnerability, but it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, 
close friends. I mean, like, if someone's going through something that I can relate an experience to, I'll talk about them with it. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have anything on the level of dead dads, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's great when you can relate an experience of your own, because then, then it's an opportunity to talk about yourself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's ideal. It's true. Yeah. I just, I've even noticed like within our own, cause like I thought when I read that, I was like, or saw that I was like, oh shit, like that's actually pretty intense that these two men like went through all this shit, but we're kind of like, we're focused on the game, we're teammates and in other yeah. regards. Um, but even like people that I see a lot, like it was only until the pandemic that like Dan Yang is one of my close friends, but honestly, like the last two months he was like, wait, I had no idea that you ever like went through this or had this and I was like oh yeah and he's like you've never talked about it but I forget to it's just weird like you just don't want to share those things yeah it would be a bummer also and like stuff has happened to me too with friends where it slipped out and they're like I I didn't know that like who are you yeah. <laughs> like, these things. and I'm like well I don't know I just don't want to be like Debbie Downer all the time I think yeah. sharing one or two things doesn't make you a Debbie Downer I think like doing it all the time, like if, if everyone was having a good day and you were like, oh, remember when <laughs> that would make you a Debbie Downer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're like, you're someone who's not like, you don't, I don't ever see you as someone who's like attention grabby. No. Whereas, yeah, because I've been around comedians who like to share everything and you're like, this is a lot. I don't know you this well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm the opposite. I'm like... Once I start sharing, then I freak out internally, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm doing it. And so I have to stop. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I definitely, like, overshare sometimes, and I'm in, like, the middle of a crisis, you know, like like a breakup or something something with, with the apartment or whatever, but. Oh, I do that, too, though. Like, yeah. um, I'm not going to say this on this podcast, but, you know, when I hooked up with someone and I got something, I should have. You know, just there's some times that you're what, like, what do you get, JFL? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish. I honestly wish it was JFL and not whatever I did get. Um, but there's some things that you're just like, it's so abrupt and shocking. Or not shocking, but you're just kind of like, ah, oh, like I'm upset. Who do I tell? And then I just tell a lot of people. But I try to make it that it's like, oh, ha, ha, I'm not suffering deep down inside. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly enough, like with the the whole isolation, and then now that we're out, kind of a little bit more at shows and stuff. I was at a show the other day, and I just could not shut up, which is not a problem I ever have. And I was just talking to everyone and just like word vomit. I think you know because I hadn't like been around people that many people in so long that it just like the overstimulation made me overshare way too much, which was. Which is probably what? not, you probably were sharing a normal amount. And, like you probably were like, wow, it's such a great day. And then you went home and you're like, wow, that was too much. I went home and I was like, oh no. I was like, never going to want to see me again. <laughs> yeah, Ross, you're the same. Like I've never, I feel like you both are like equal amounts of just like, cool. Like these are the things I'll say. Like it's never like, oh my God, like this person is yeah. too much because um, like those people can drain your energy and that's also just not great yeah yeah for sure jordan i'm curious because ross i know you like basketball and you've watched basketball but i'm curious just based on after you've watched the documentary do you think that you're gonna 
um, be more of a basketball fan? Have you even like tried? Like, have you seen some of the games or? part of the game I can't even tell you who was playing but I saw part of it I was with a friend and uh it's just weird like to not have like they have the sound of the, the stadium yeah. audience but the people aren't there and it just feels very dystopian and strange um so I don't know like I want to like if I'm gonna like a sport I feel like basketball would be the one but I don't know if I really like do people start liking sports in their 30s I feel like it's something <laughs> Start when you're a child and you like. I think it, I think it's possible, like as like a corollary to that. Like, um, I I didn't like professional wrestling as a child, but then hanging around comedians long enough, I started getting into it, and now I'm a huge wrestling fan. Which I know isn't real sports, but you know, I feel like it's 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 possible to like sort of get like that taste of the. What, uh, like a like an acquired taste for uh, you know just sweat sweaty men doing sweaty things or whatever. <laughs> I also think like with the Jordan doc, like it was you're watching sports placed behind like really awesome dramatic music, and yeah. they're picking apart like some some key moments that you're like wow. But it's not like that's what I love about basketball too. Like there was a game uh, the Clippers and the Mavericks were playing. And uh, Luka Donick, like, shot a game-winner, like, three-pointer. And I was, like, at Dan's house. It was, just, it was a really fun, like, it was like, oh, my God, like, that's such a good moment, such a solid game. But sometimes you have to wait until the fourth quarter to get moments like that. So you watch all three. Yeah, so I think, like, like I love basketball. But even, like, that day, I was like, let me – I'll watch the second half of the game. And I'm glad I did. Um, but I don't think it's, like, you don't – like the documentaries are so interesting because you're you're putting the best moments behind great music. Oh yeah, and so and, so, and then you get like they, you know they got all that great like you know like game footage shot on like actual film. Yeah. But like like when they were when they were shooting like Rodman just running around the court like that like that was some beautiful beautiful stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think if basketball was just like a montage of Jordan highlights or like the Bulls highlights then at the end of it like I was watching it I was super into every game that like clip that they showed like I really loved that but I don't know yeah, in real life. Well, like basketball is like is like is there's so much beauty in the game you know it's like You've got like my 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 favorite like player like aesthetically I think is Steph Curry, mm -hmm. just because like just just the there's like the arc on his shots and just the way the way he like the way he just lays the ball off the glass when he's driving the hoop you know. I um, Seth Curry's uh, uh, Seth Curry his brother um, Seth right. Curry's great yeah I think I want Ross what's your favorite basketball moment. Of all time, yeah, because you're you've watched plenty of games. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Holy shit! Um, While you're thinking, Jordan, I was gonna say that there's. I'm gonna send you this link, and if you're listening, you should look up SPs like the opening montage, and there it's always like the best sports moments play to like really good music, and you get really hyped. But then when you actually watch baseball, you're like, this sucks. This is not. I need the music. And the uh, yeah. I was the Jordan Doc, and I was like, yes. <laughs> like, as they're walking out onto the court, I like was pumped because they were playing like I don't, you know. Yeah. I need to pop. That was great. 
Oh, awesome. Fashion. I will say I like the fashion in basketball. Sorry, go ahead, Ron. No, no, no. I like no, 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 no. I'll derail this. <laughs> no, I love the fashion in basketball too. I think they're like like some of the guys are so well dressed. And Jordan era um fashion, the the suits, the colorful like, oh my favorite. I love. I love. The berets. I was very, very into his. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Rodman, obviously, forget it. Just Rodman, oh, I man. still think is hot. There's something about him. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's confidence. That's true. I don't think that's it, though, because Michael Jordan's confident, and I don't think Michael Jordan's hot. I don't think he's okay, like he's okay. He's confident, and also he's not like an asshole. <laughs> that Rodman. Is. No, I think Michael Jordan. Is a di- like his Rodman is a different level of confidence where it's like he's chill and confident and you can like have a beer or two with him and it would be fun. Jordan, I would be terrified to drink with. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Did I like do something? Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, like he's he's like that comic that always has to be on all the time, you know, where he's like constantly taking everybody's money or whatever. Where it's like, you know, <laughs> like that comic who's like like always like trying to like riff and make jokes and you're just like. Hey, we're talking. We're talking about dead dads right now. But, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's like, uh, you know, it's like how Robin Williams is always on, but like less pleasant, you know, like because he's just trying to like crush you in some way. You have you need to you need to get down to like the the why you don't like Jordan that much. This has been a hey, Ross doesn't like Michael Jordan. <laughs> I mean, he was a great, like, as a kid, he was, like, my favorite guy and everything, and I, I like him and everything. It's just, you know, you know, the, the documentary, like, just, like, how, like, what a control freak he was with this documentary was kind of, was kind of uh, you know, disenchanting. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I want to... I hate him, and I ended up loving him in the end, so... Why'd you hate him in the beginning? I was with a Knicks fan for a very long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> About the Bulls. Anyway, and also, you know, I've just heard, like, he, Jordan's an asshole, blah, 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 and stuff. And I was like, sure, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. Like, it's, it's, I kind of feel similarly, like, the way I feel about Kanye. Like, I'm very fascinated with and love Kanye's confidence, even though it's, like, not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so different from where I could ever possibly be mentally. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, and so, like, to see Michael Jordan, like, when they hand him the iPad or whatever of someone saying some shit, he just cracks up and is like, whatever, you know? Yeah. I would cry about those things for days. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't care, and that's very, like, endearing to me. I don't know. Yeah, there were moments where I was like, I wish I could um, kind of be this way, because, I, like, if someone was, like, talking shit about me on my own documentary, I'd be like, you gotta kick him out. This is a dictatorship. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. A healthy dose of that type of confidence would be nice. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, if I was making my own documentary, I would feel like a huge asshole. Like, yeah. I'd be like, be like, okay, like, like, this isn't just a documentary. This is a 10-part documentary, and Jordan is reviewing every episode uh, and, and sending notes back to the guy, like, this is what you can't put in, you know. Uh, you interview these guys or whatever. I would feel like I would feel like such a prick, you know. Well, I feel like this. Um, I do want to know because I was going to ask my my last question, which kind of flows really good with us talking about Jordan loving himself. And Ross, I did ask you your favorite basketball moment, but oh, yeah. 
I don't really have one, you know. I was thinking right. like maybe maybe LeBron overcoming the Warriors, or maybe Alan Iverson being a badass. But who cares? Like it's. It's Alan Iverson has been dropped on the pod several times for being uh, himself and wonderful, which, oh, also, this is all leading to this, this final question, which I'm so excited about. Um, but what's one thing that you love about yourself? No <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, you know, I like to think maybe, maybe it's like, you know, I, like I, have empathy or a kind I, I try to be a kind person like and yeah I, I think that I think that might that might be maybe I mean like I'm proud of like all the creative stuff I do but uh, you know I think I like I like the kind part of myself as a person yeah <laughs> Not to steal your answer, but I feel like it's uh, the same thing. Like I don't, I don't consider myself like very judgmental. Like I, like I, it's very easy for me to empathize with other people, even if I don't know. So yeah, and just treat them with kindness, I guess. But see, saying this like sounds like it feels gross to say that about yourself. You know what I mean? No, it like, does. I'm a kind, good person. I swear. <laughs> No, but I think like it definitely does feel gross to say it, but also I think that we forget that like there are parts of ourselves that we genuinely like and like those are the parts, at least for me, like I, I think I can build community and I like doing that. But it took me a while for it to be like, no, this is a thing I can be good at or that I like about myself. But it's nice to have one or two things that you like about yourself. Because I think that's the only way you can be as great as Jordan. <laughs> I tied it in full circle. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Like even like create creatively, I haven't asked anyone what they like about their creative process so much. I feel like they might have more answers for that, but some people still shy away because they're like, "No, I, I'm okay at comedy," or like, "I'm, you know, I'm whatever." But I feel like you know, both of you are great people and artists. Um, and I'm really happy that you guys did this pod. It's been 45 minutes. It's a quick. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, I want you guys to plug um, where people can find you, um, anything that you want to plug. Uh, look me up on Twitter, at Ross Parsons. You know, not a lot of shows going on right now, but uh, I'll, I'll let you all know. Um, you can find me, Instagram is probably the best place for me, which is Jordan Ashley R. And Ashley is spelled dumb. It's uh, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. So Jordan Ashley R. That's probably the best way to see what I'm up to. Yay! And I will put up all of your Thank social you so media much for stuff, to and I'll tag you, you when can this find comes us out. On Spotify, um, and you can or you listen podcast. to this podcast on and please iTunes, be sure to Spotify, rate and wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to rate and review. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you.